0: You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Pulse Radio. Radio.
1: What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today where, man, I'm not even going to lie, man, I'm having a a, a Jordan flu game right now. Um, I don't think I have the flu, but as I'm talking right now, I am sick. So if I sound crazy, please forgive me. (laughs) If I don't sound as energetic as I normally am, please forgive me. But I had to hop on uh, and talk today. Uh, I was supposed to be on break But it didn't work out like that because uh, Ed Reed is now the uh, coach of Bethune Cookman. Uh, He's doing amazing things down there. He's a football savant. He was at uh, the University of Miami as the chief of staff. And he has, of course, with that, he has administrative duties with HBCU. So I hopped back on Twitter. I was supposed to be on social media fast. I've broken it a couple times just because of the topics of what's been going on. Uh, And as I was on Twitter at 3 a.m. in the morning because I couldn't go to sleep, uh, I saw that there was a conversation about BET airing HBCU football games again by, you know, some folks that I respect. And it, it doesn't make sense that we continue to try to get BET to air HBCU games when they don't want to. Like, that is not what they're trying to do with their product. They're a lifestyle brand, and they're trying to acquire and produce and create reality TV programs and also script the TV programs to primarily appeal to black women ages 18 to 34 and also 18 to 49. They're trying to go for a younger demographic. So sports does not fit in to that at all, to be 100% honest with you. Uh, so I did a thread where I talked about why that doesn't make sense why we shouldn't be looking at BET uh, to give our sports right to, and why we should have a better conversation, uh, you know, with Amazon Prime, sort of have conversations with them, have a better conversation with ESPN, and then include in NBC and CBS and Fox Sports and Apple TV Plus And, you know, you have, of course, Amazon Prime. We should be including in as well. Like that's, all, like, that's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So I do thread on that. I had Mr. Charles Elison, who is a radio host for WURD, the only black-owned radio station in Philadelphia. He hosts Reality Check from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. weekdays. And he invited me on the show. It was last minute, but I love music radio, and WURD is dope. I've listened to them many times before, so I hopped at the opportunity, even while I was sick, to come on and talk about HBC Media Rights. So this is... Uh, my conversation with Mr. Charles Ellison. Uh, hopefully, I represented well for the HBCU community and shed some light about what was going on, and also how we can, you know, really get more out of these HBCU media contracts. So make sure to stay tuned. You're listening to HBCU Post Radio. Here's my interview on Reality Check with Charles Ellison. Now check it. Out. Reality. Check. With Charles Ellison right now on Word Radio. Streaming live on WordRadio.com. The Word Radio app. Or watch live on Word TV via
0: WordRadio.com. Word Radio. Progressive. Progressive. Black Talk Media. Progressive Black Talk Media on air or online at wordradio.com. That's throughout the nation, throughout the world. You're tuning in. You're listening in at wordradio.com. Also watching us on Word TV, your Word app. On Philadelphia Radio, we're 96.1 FM, 900 AM. I'm Charles Ellison. Still on Twitter, at Ellison Report. Also on LinkedIn as well. Joining us now is Randall Barnes. He is the founder, CEO of HBCU Pulse. Uh, a online magazine that follows the historically black college and university community. So go to hbcupulse.com. Uh, just uh, started a new program on SiriusXM satellite radio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so? In the same the same name, uh, HBCU Pulse. Is that is that correct, Randall? Uh, HBCU Pulse. Congratu- congratulations on that, because I think that just started recently. Uh, your HBCU Pulse program on SiriusXM. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. So HBCU Pulse Radio is on SiriusXM channel one forty-two HBCU, and it's going to start on January the sixth at five PM and air every oh, wow. Friday at five PM Eastern, four PM Central. After that, so y'all, I'm super excited for that.
0: That's that's what's up. Okay, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that's that's always good to hear. At Arthur Randall B. At Arthur Randall B. On Twitter, on social media, and at the HBCU Pulse as well. So uh, I noticed you were like, sharing some thoughts about. HBCU sports on what you call linear TV. You know, some people call it mainstream. I don't like to use the word mainstream because I think that like black media like ours, like WRD, that's mainstream. Uh, But you, I like what you, you, the way you uh, described it linear TV. You know, basically there's a big debate going on about whether or not HBCU sports like football and HBCU football is growing should be aired or should be exclusively almost, uh, or should be shifting more towards channels like. ESPN, CBS, NBC, other major linear TV sports channels. Um, Talk about that. Like, how big is that debate? It's
1: a huge debate uh, because we're in a society where streaming is the new normal. And now because of streaming, because of the internet and social media, normal folks are able to get into the business and have a voice. And the streaming apparatus is not fully formed yet. It's not Mm -hmm. fully ready to take over the traditional dominance of TV and radio, but it's a great time for us to get into it. So for me, I saw a lot of amazing people that I respect talk about BET. Once again, this happens almost every few months about (laughs) BET getting HBCU sports. And it's not going to happen. And I work in media now. I have a radio show on XM. I work right. as an account executive selling advertising for a radio station. And I love media. I study media. I'm up at 3 a.m. reading about it and tweeting about it. That's why I tweeted about it. So, right. like, it just it doesn't make sense to say, hey, BET, get sports, when BET is geared towards black women ages 18 to 49. It just simply doesn't make sense when sports is a predominantly male product. So you want to put it on ESPN. You want to engage in NBC Sports or Fox Sports or CBS Sports about it, because that's where sports fans are. And I wanted to explain that, because we have to have real conversations about our media rights, and where we can go, because it's a great conversation. It's a great conversation, and it's a lot of good faith arguments, and folks have their hearts Mm -hmm. in the right place. But we have to talk about things productively, and we have to be realistic.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have to be realistic. You know, that conversation does uh, come up, because I guess the ideal situation, I I guess in a perfect world, we could say, right, Randall, uh, to have uh, black football games on black-oriented TV or black-oriented cable, seems like the perfect fit, you know, just culturally and, and just visually, right? Uh, but, I, you know, BET is not Black-owned anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing that people forget. I think that as we're having this conversation, because I'm like you, I see it popping up occasionally as well. And I and when I, I notice, as I look at the depths of it, I'm like, I, I think people forgot or they don't know BET is not Black-owned anymore. Like, it's straight up a white-owned channel. It's just just Black-oriented. Um, you know or maybe you know trying to get it with other channels, but we're also trying right Randall, speak to that. Um, there's some great things that happen at HBCU football. You have some great talent uh, coming out of HBCU football and other HBCU sports programs uh, that actually go to the 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 pros, the the professional leagues. Um, so you want as much exposure as possible. You want to um, start viewing HBCUs also as not just black colleges but as part of the broader, um, you know, mainstream, you know, community of colleges, right?
1: Exactly. And, you know, it's so crazy because on Christmas, which is my birthday, by the way, I want to say that Christmas yeah. was my birthday. I announced the Raiders for my birthday, but the Kobe Durant, like had a great game versus a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. He went to South Carolina State and he was a part of that team that beat Deion Sanders and Jackson State in the celebration bowl. Like, there's so much talent at HBCUs on the D1 and D2 level. You have Joshua Williams that plays for the Chiefs. He went to Fayetteville State University. So, there's so many amazing players and such great football that happens at HBCUs. And all we want as an HBCU community is to have America and the world see that. And we want a part of that media pie. So, the BET conversation and having other stations, we say Aspire TV, we say Bounce TV, we say TV One. It's a good faith argument, but we have right. to make it make sense because we want a piece of the money pie. We we don't want to be stuff like messed over as far right. as our media rights. And also we want to make sure that the Kobe Durant and the Joshua Williams, we want to make sure that they get seen and they get drafted. And that's what we want to do with our media rights, you know?
0: Right, right, right. How much money uh stands to be made? How much money are we talking about at stake here?
1: Honestly, we're, we're talking about hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars because we have wow. to look at it at that at face value. We know that the FCS is, as far as viewership, a bit of a step down from the FBS. We know that. I don't don't believe that the play is as big of a step down, but we're looking at hundreds of millions, if not billions of of dollars in media rights that we can get if we just have the right conversations with the right people and use data and numbers that support that. The Celebration Bowl got 2.4 million viewers a couple Saturdays ago. And that's amazing. And that wasn't even the highest viewed celebration bowl. 2016 was Grambling North Carolina Central, when North Carolina Central lost to Grambling 10 to 9 on a block punt, on a block field goal right. kick. Like that got 2.7 million views. Right. So we have these numbers to command. Now is the time to say, hey, we see you all want content. We see right. that it's a huge swath of sports consumers that are moving to streaming, and they're cutting the cord. So now is the time to say, "Hey, two million viewers on ABC. We had over seven hundred thousand viewers for the Bayou Classic that was back on basic cable NBC." Can we get another game in? Can we get Jackson State Alcorn? Can we get, you you know, the the Florida Classic with Bethune-Cookman, with Ed Reed now, and you have FAMU? Can we get that on ABC or NBC or Fox Sports? We have to have the conversations based on the numbers that we do have because there are players in the industry that have been working with us and have been airing our games even this year. So we have to just make it make sense in that way and have productive conversations that can help us out.
0: So with those numbers and, and and just educate me here, right? I mean, are, are we – so basically, I mean, are there HBCU games, like, for example, HBCU football games that get more viewers than um, some of those so-called mainstream or linear TV games, like, or or games between predominantly white institutions?
1: Routinely. Like, let's talk about the Orange Blossom Classic this year that yeah. featured Travis Sanders' first game and Deion Sanders' second Orange Blossom Classic against FAMU that almost got a million views on ESPN. Nine hundred and fifty-eight thousand viewers on that Sunday game—a game on a Sunday—that oh, was yeah. like you know so so like there's people that are watching, and right. we just have to put HBCU football in the right lane to number one have it seen to get visibility to get sponsorship and ad dollars, but also you know to have our athletes spotlighted and our institution spotlighted and our culture and history. There were about. 10 to 12 hbcu games that were on tv on this year now only two were on cable the bayou classic was on basic cable on nbc right. and when i say nbc oh, i mean yeah. like basic cable like nbc right. like channel four or some on some places not like you know yeah. like, like bt channel 35 in here in middle georgia but, like, you have, of course, the Bayou Classic and you have the Celebration Bowl. That's on ABC. That's only two games on network television. But there were more that were one cable. You saw games on CNBC. You saw a game on NFL Network. You saw games on U, ESPN2, and ESPN. So, like, we have games that are on cable, but we right. want more. And, honestly, there's no reason why. And we have to engage other suitors. Why don't we engage Fox Sports? Have a game on Fox Sports One. Why don't we engage Amazon Prime? They're, they're trying to create a standalone app yeah. where now their sports are gonna be are, are gonna be on a standalone app. So why can't we engage right. them for that? I think that these are the conversations that need to happen.
0: Yeah, Amazon Prime, uh YouTube also getting in on the uh the NFL act, right? Uh you know, YouTube gonna be like YouTube TV streaming. Uh, NFL games let me let me ask you uh, so what do you mean you, you did say that and you said that you hinted at it earlier and you said that uh, on a, a thread you did on Twitter this morning and that's why I reached out to you and said you know I gotta talk to this brother about this uh, what do you mean we need to make sure our media we're, we're making sense in our media rights conversations like what does that mean exactly
1: so when I say making sense I mean this right so okay I want us to make sense as far as who we're talking to because BT yeah. has no interest in airing HBC football. No, BT is owned by Viacom CBS. CBS might be a little bit interested. Maybe a CBS sports situation, maybe having a game or two on CBS. They might be interested if we present the right package, we come in, you know, with a realistic number in our head and say, hey, these are our best games. Which one do you want? Like, right. well, We can have those conversations, but BET is not a realistic destination. They're not trying to get HBC football. They're trying to invest in scripting and reality content. They're a mm-hmm. lifestyle network. So right. College Hill, for example, they brought back College Hill. It was at Texas Southern. Now it's going to be at Alabama State. It got mm-hmm. a bunch of viewers, 800,000 viewers, when they premiered the first two episodes after the BET Awards this year. They'll invest in that. Maybe we can try to, to get the Why Not Us series maybe send. Indicated on BET and Disney's cool with that. That's a better conversation. That's a realistic conversation because Why Not Us Southern Dance is a lifestyle show. It's athletics, but at the same time, it's a lifestyle. That's a more realistic conversation than Hmm. BET, like putting in hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to produce a quality HBC football game broadcast every week. Paying commentators, paying camera people, in hiring nine yards—that's resources. And then, even yeah. if you look at certain games, like you'll see, for example, you have like the Fox game. They had the Eagles versus uh, the, the Cowboys, and they and they were promoting, "Hey, Skip and Shannon, undisputed." That's a Fox Sports property that connects perfectly with Cowboys fans because Skip Bayless is a Cowboys fan. So I'm promoting right. that on the channel. What am I going to promote during an HBC football game that the, a swath of men want to watch? <laughs> you suppose know, they right. say maybe College Hill. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't even make sense as far as the product tie-in. It just simply doesn't make sense. So I want us to have conversations that make sense in the way of, hey, this realistically can happen. This isn't me dreaming. This isn't a fantasy. This isn't me being stuck in 1993 or 2000. This is me having a conversation rooted in 2023 and beyond.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, What are the risks here, right? You know, So if HBCU games, and I know that that part of the conversation comes up and we have to address it, you know, it's it's like uh black people in uh you know, speaking of like, you know, having a conversation back in the nineties, like remember the eighties and nineties when um, you know, when hip hop was coming into uh and in, into what were or 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 suddenly becoming more mainstream. Um and you have all these artists, even to this day, you know, people look back and they're like all these artists, even to this day, still taken advantage of by the industry. So I mean, what what are the risks, what are, you know, sort of the uh pitfalls that HBCUs as institutions have to look out for it so they're not taken advantage of. So, you know, they're they're able to uh, maximize as much of the revenue generation as possible because these are going to be very complex, sophisticated conversations and, and negotiations that they're going to engage in with these major corporate and, you know, frankly, you know, just white-dominated, white-owned uh, sports channels uh, that are looking to make a dollar. And they also are going to look at, okay, well, how can we, just like they do with Black athletes, how can we take advantage of them? So what are some pitfalls uh, or some red flags that HBCUs as institutions need to look out for?
1: That's an amazing question because there are honestly only a few because the risk is us not doing it. But one of the okay. risks, and you brought it up and you used the music industry as a perfect example, is not valuing ourselves and getting in bad deals. Like mm. that's really the problem that, that we'll run into because we want validation from outside of our community. That's really where a lot of these conversations about HBCU sports and other folks seeing our content, we want validation outside of ourselves, and that is the problem. What I want in these conversations is I want for more Black folks that might not be fans of HBCU football, or they might not know about HBCU football like me or other HBCU alumni, and they might learn about Eddie Robinson. They might learn about Jerry Rice. They might learn about the success of Bethune-Cookman's football program. Before Ed Reed got there, or learn about Fort Valley and the Doug Porter years and Rayfield Wright. Like, you know, like we we wanna have that exposure to other fans that have similar interests to us. But a lot of those, a lot of the conversations devolve to clout and attention but also validation from other communities that really don't care about what we have going on. Until it gets hot. Now they want to watch it. So Um, we rush into these rooms and say, Hey, anything, just put us on TV. We want millions of people, just whatever, just, just put any clause in. You own all all, all the content X, (laughs) Y, Z. And then now we're like, Oh, wait a minute. What, what happened? I signed over a billion dollars. Just missed a billion yeah. dollars. I signed for five dollars a game. You know that right. that becomes the problem, and that's yeah. happened historically. Now there's a value in HBCU football. Now you have more competitors because streaming is now competitor. Now you have Apple and Amazon Prime better competitors, so we can command more money and also more more stuff from these companies to where they can help us in promoting the product. So oh. that's what I'm afraid of. I want us to go in with tact and strategy, because if we go in with tact and strategy and be prepared to, to get up and walk out, and they say, wait, wait, no, we'll do it. We'll do it for this number. Mm-hmm. Now we're ready because we're not desperate. I always say this, HBCUs aren't the slums. We can command more.
0: That's right. All right. Randall Barnes is founder, also uh, CEO, publisher of HBCU Pulse. Go to hbcupulse.com. More information, more content there. Uh, Also now, HBCU Pulse uh, Radio on SiriusXM. That starts up on January 6th, right? January 6th. Uh, So check that out. Uh, Channel, what was that channel again? Channel
1: 142 HBCU. Owned and operated by Howard University. It was operated by Howard University in partnership with SiriusXM. So I'm super excited for that. And I appreciate Howard University.
0: All right. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, brother, we got to bring you back. So I hope we can have you back. Uh, yeah. So to continue these conversations. Absolutely. Uh really appreciate that. And on such short notice, I appreciate that, Randall. I appreciate the energy as well. A uh, lot, lot to unpack there. Unfortunately, we ran out of time. And I got a bunch of other questions, but I can ask you later. Randall Barnes, um, at Arthur Randall B. Uh, on Twitter, on social media, but more importantly, go to at the HBCU Pulse and HBCU Pulse dot com. Randall, thanks so much. Uh, happy holidays to you. Thank you so much. All right, be safe, brother. Thanks again. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back with more Reality Check here on WURD.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for my appearance on Reality Check with Charles Ellison. Man, amazing conversation. First and foremost, thank you to Mr. Charles Ellison You know, for allowing me to, to, to get on radio, terrestrial radio with him on WURD in Philadelphia. I want to say again, they're the only... Black-owned radio station in Philadelphia, and that's big because radio matters. And I love radio. Radio ain't dead. It ain't dying. It is still here. People just got to, you know, see what's going on with it. And the folks that are over radio stations have to give folks a shot. Like our SiriusXM gave me and the crew a shot with HBCU Pulse Radio. So I really appreciate that. Such an amazing conversation, and they're doing amazing work uh, in the Philadelphia area. Um, I really think that we have to get realistic about our media rights. BET is not a good destination for it. They're not trying to look for it. This regime canceled the quad. The quad was getting 500,000 to 600,000 viewers uh, every week for that season two run of 10 episodes, and they canceled the quad. And the quad fits into their, you know, their agenda of streaming stuff. It fits into their agenda of of having this original content and streaming it and whatnot. And they canceled it. So what makes you think that they're going to invest in HBC football weekly when they said, hey, well, the quad was too much money to produce. So we're going to cut it because it was too much money. So they're going to come and they're going to produce a weekly, high-quality HBCU football broadcast that requires them to hire commentators, sideline reporter, do promotion, like, you know, um, incur travel expenses and operating expenses, get cameras to record it, and then doing a live broadcast, and it ain't easy and it ain't cheap, okay? And then also pay money to the HBCUs. Y'all out of y'all mind y'all think that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like BET is not trying to do that. Now, if they do want to do it, hey, that's what's up. But they're not trying to do that. Like they are a lifestyle channel that appears to black women ages 18 to 49 as their press as their press room says, look up BET's target demographic, and it will show you what they're looking at and what they're looking for. All right. But I uh, appreciate everybody for listening in uh, HBC post radio on Sirius XM. We just announced it is coming out January the 6th at 5 p.m. Eastern 4 p.m. Central. Uh, it is going to be an amazing show. We're going to talk about things such as this. The first episode is already in and it's going to be um, airing every week. New episodes every week at 5 p.m. Eastern 4 p.m. Central. We have a lot of amazing shows coming up. Uh, we're going to celebrate Of course, you know, the Greek Founders Day is coming up. We're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about uh, student leadership. We're going to talk about so many amazing things and spotlight amazing people in our history. It's going to be really fun. It's on SiriusXM channel 142, HBCU, operated by Howard University. So make sure to tap in. You're going to hear a lot of amazing conversations just like that one. But outside of that, make sure to follow HBCU Pulse on Instagram. Uh, and YouTube at HBCU Pulse, Twitter and TikTok the HBCU Pulse. In addition to listening to us on SiriusXM, you can listen to HBCU Pulse Radio and our bonus content for HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts just by typing in HBCU Pulse Radio. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel once again. And also watch us on HBCU League Pass Plus with Channel 201, and you'll be able to watch video versions of HBCU Pulse Radio on HBCU League Pass Plus, Channel 201, the HBCU Pulse channel, and also on YouTube. So make sure to tap in there. But outside of that, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you on the other side.